Hello, how's it going? This is Unanimous Indecision. I'm Joshua Troop. Uh, we are on part three of what I want the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to be. Uh, last we left off, we did Shang-Chi, Fantastic Four and Shang-Chi. Uh, here we are at Guardians of the Galaxy 3. There's probably a script already written for this by James Gunn. Uh, but this is what I came up with. No idea if this is the route they're going to go. Uh, heroes, we got Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax, Mantis, Nebula, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, Thor, Adam Warlock. That's right, the Guardians of the Galaxy are quite numerous. And Adam Warlock finally comes comes around. Uh, the villains are Magus which is the alternate universe version of Adam Warlock. Uh, the Matriarch, Cardinal Raker, both of those characters very in tune with the Universal Church of Truth, as we talked about with Fantastic Four. And Aisha of the Sovereign, which were introduced in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, also very big connections to Adam Warlock, as we saw at the end of Guardians 2. Um, so let's jump into the plot. In an alternate universe, 8257, uh, Adam Warlock is brought before Master Order and Lord Chaos. They discuss needing a weapon to stop Thanos of their universe, of course. Uh, after arguing, as they usually do, they come to the inevitable conclusion, naturally, uh, to send him to a universe where Thanos was defeated so that Adam Warlock can learn how to truly stop Thanos. So they send him 5,000 years into the past to uh, the main Marvel Cinematic Universe, Universe 1999-99, as many people call it, uh, which is the main lit line timeline uh, that we've been following. Uh, but they send him 5,000 years into the past to a planet called Cyrus X. Uh, he gets attacked by the people there, uh, but of course... They're no match for him. He wipes out their leaders. He gets worshipped. Um, but eventually he goes into a cocoon. Um, because, you know, as all gods do, they go into a cocoon. Um, in present time, we jump those 5,000 years. Um, the Guardians... Minus Thor and Gamora, of course, because Gamora is not with them, and Thor is on nowhere, as I mentioned before. Um, the Guardians are on a floating ice asteroid in space, fighting these two members of the Universal Church of Truth, Aegis. Eg I don't know how to say that. Aegis, Aegis, and Sligs. Um, they work for Cardinal Raker. Um, they also. There's like a lot of lore building in this fight, like the universe, the church leaders uh, get their power from belief fonts, which are literal faith batteries, um, powered by the faith of their believers, you know, good old religious warfare. Um, Nebula kills uh, Sligs and, you know, Rocket tells her that maybe she belongs with the Guardians after all, because they kill people. That's right, it's fun. Uh, it's a family movie. Um, but Nebula needs somewhere to belong to. So um, after they defeat the other one, Aegis, whatever, um, the Guardians take a lot of their stuff. They loot it. Um, Groot finds something in the ice. It's Captain America's shield. Um, while extracting the shield, they get an alert from Gamora on G5 Deneb. Now, if you recall, they got an alert in the Fantastic Four from a planet G5 Deneb um, that was being that was conquered by uh, the Universal Church of Truth. Um, so uh, they're very grateful that Gamora reached out to them, so they rush onto the ship and get going. They don't think about Captain America's shield very much because they got to go. They got to go rescue their friend. Um, Rocket says they should go pick up Thor. He's a good powerhouse uh, from their base on Nowhere. They've set up roots in Nowhere. Um, 
but Peter Peter doesn't want Thor's help. He he says Thor. He he ends the conversation by saying Thor's already doing something important. So we jump to what Thor's doing. Thor not doing anything important. He's talking with Cosmo the cosmonaut, uh, which is that dog from Guardians One, the Russian cosmonaut. Um, and Thor discusses riding Cosmo. Now, if you remember from Thor 1, the big deep cut in the MCU, from Thor 1, Thor walks into a pet store and he asks for a horse. All they say all they have is dogs, and he asks for one large enough for him to ride. Cosmo is a dog, um, so he wants to ride him, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, Cosmo, of course, can speak as all good Guardians of the Galaxy characters can do. Uh, he speaks in disgust, and turns out he, in his time since being uh, rescued, I was going to say released by the Collector, but rescued, he's a rescue uh, from the Collector, uh, he is now the Chief of Security on Nowhere. Uh, Cardinal Raker, uh, we do a cut to Cyrus X, and Cardinal Raker arrives to report to the Matriarch that someone has been stealing a significant amount of resources. Of course, we know it's the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, the Matriarch tells ca the Cardinal to hunt them down and that the Magus didn't come out of his cocoon to see the, his faith destroyed. Of course, that's what he's going to see. Um, on G5 Deneb, uh, many... Uh, uh, Aliens. <laughs> I, I don't know what word I was reaching for. Many aliens are brought in to work as slaves. Good, good religious cult, you know? Um, the Guardians land, and they, like, disguise themselves a little to blend in, and they learn that Magus is actually on G5 Deneb. Magus is torturing Gamora, asking about Thanos. But, of course, as we know, Thanos is already dead, and this version of Gamora didn't have a whole lot to do with it. Because this version of De Gamora is actually from another universe, right? Uh, from that 2014 timeline. Um, plucked out of there. Uh, so, but uh, while Magus is torturing her um, and trying to get her to join the church... Uh, Magus uh, is pulled away by his servants or his followers uh, because Aegis has arrived to tell him that the Guardians of the Galaxy of what they're doing and that Sliggs is dead, the guy that was with him. Because what they were carrying was clearly somewhat important. Uh, Magus kills Aegis for his loss of the recovered artifacts. Um... Meanwhile, the Guardians sneak into this temple, and they do rescue Gamora. They find her. Magus finds out. He fights them. Um, the Guardians only escape because Drax realizes that his life is complete. All of the revenge he wanted has has happened. He wanted revenge against Ronan. He wanted revenge against Thanos. He wanted revenge against Thanos again. Um... And it all happened. Maybe he didn't cause it all, but it all happened. So Drax sacrifices himself by holding off Magus. Of course, Magus overpowers him and kills him. It's unfortunate, but Drax dies to let to help the Guardians get away. Uh, Magus also realizes in this moment, after torturing Gamora and seeing Drax's sacrifice, he realizes his goal is over because he doesn't need to learn how to stop Thanos. After all, Thanos, it's a problem that solved itself in his eyes. The Avengers defeated Thanos. Easy game. Um, so he decides that he wants to overwhelm the universe with his faith, his made-up faith, his universal church of truth, where he is the god. Sounds great. Uh, the Guardians go back to nowhere to pick up Thor. Now that they have Gamora, they can go go back home. Um, Cosmo greets them because he doesn't want to take care of Thor anymore. Um, 
while they're all catching up, there's an explosion on nowhere, and Cardinal Raker and his Black Knights of the Church are storming in, offering the choice to convert or die. Uh, the Guardians fight off the Cardinals, the Cardinal and the Knights. Um, but in the fight and in the explosion, a couple of the citizens of nowhere die, and they actually turn into scrolls. And so Cosmo wonders if there's more scrolls in nowhere, but the Guardians bicker and begin to think of each other as scrolls. You know, the Guardians' leadership has never been super strong, uh, so they're constantly at each other's throats, and here's just one more excuse for it. Uh... Cosmo comes in later and tells them that they need to leave because the Council of Nowhere has blamed them for the attack. Uh, which, not entirely wrong. Uh, <laughs> I mean, definitely the Universal Church of Truth is to blame, but they were coming for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, while leaving, Thor finds Mr. Fantastic's multiverse detector device. I don't, some clever name, you know. Um, Star-Lord and Rocket kind of just push it off, saying that, yeah, I mean, supposedly you can find alternate universe versions of people within the same universe. Um, but then Gamora's like, wait, we could actually use this to find out if the rumors about Magus are true, about maybe he is from another universe. Um, Groot finds some white hair on Gamora, uh, which is, of course, Magus's white hair, and puts it on the device. The device spits out coordinates, and they recognize it. It's the Sovereign. Quill privately uh, takes a strand of Gamora's hair and uses the device to find his Gamora. Of course, the device spits out the coordinates of Vormir, confirming to him that, yes, Thanos killed her, which, you know, pretty depressing. Uh, Mantis tries to cheer him up, but... You know how it is. Um, so they make it to the Sovereign, and Aisha forces them to fight Adam Warlock, because Adam Warlock is a citizen of the Sovereign. He was birthed out of that birthing chamber. Um, the Guardians realize that the guy they're fighting is the guy they're actually looking for. Um, so they explain that they need his help, and because Adam Warlock does have such kindness... Now, here's, here's a little explanation about Adam Warlock. Um, so I say that, uh, I, I said this in part one, that the Infinity Stones cannot be destroyed, but can only be uh, spread out throughout the cosmos. He just dispersed them. And so the Sovereign stumbled upon one of them, the Soul Stone, and that's how they brought Adam Warlock to life. Um... And so he has a bit more uh, free-spirited nature, we'll say, than the rest of the Sovereign. And when he hears that people need help and that there's another universe version of himself, he he has to help. He's in. Uh, of course, that pisses the Sovereign off. But um, so Magus follows the Guardians to the Sovereign, but the Guardians have already left. Um, and Magus offers the Sovereign the choice to convert or die, and the Sovereign choose to convert because they want to catch the Guardians of the Galaxy, common enemies. Um, also, Magus and Adam share big similarities, so Aisha would accept Magus just like she wanted to love Adam kind of thing. Um, so while the main slew of guardians are explaining to warlock thor and gamora uh what the church is doing uh a box one of those crates opens up in the cargo hold it says terran 3009 uh a fully masked man in blue walks up to the guardians and he picks up his shield his captain america shield it is captain america but when he removes his mask it's actually who we think is bucky but this version of Bucky prefers James. He's not our Bucky. He's a different Bucky. Different universe Bucky. 3009, like I said. Um, so they offer to take 
not realizing that he's a, an alternate universe version of Bucky, they offer to take him back to Earth if he helps them stop the Universal Church of Truth. Of course, they're good people. They'd probably take him either way. But um, so they decide to go to the church's outpost on Orison. I don't know. It's one of the planets that I found. <laughs> Uh, there are 36 billion inhabitants whose prayers fuel the church's belief fonts on this planet. 36 billion, that's a lot. Um, when the Guardians arrive, they learn the terrible truth about the uh, church's enslavement. You know, something worse than slavery. Uh, they actually suck the souls out of the living to power their belief fonts, to to use their powers it sucks the souls out of people out of their followers um it's very similar to like the matrix you know where like the machines are feeding on uh or those things are feeding on like farming humanity kind of thing uh similar to that um so the Guardians decide to stop this, you know, good, all good things. Um, but they are opposed by the Matriarch and Cardinal Raker, amongst other followers. Um, Adam accidentally uses the Soul Stone to steal Raker's soul, which he thinks kills him. But he nearly loses control over his own body um, and goes a little crazy for a moment before returning back to normal. Um, a few of the knights escape on a ship, and so the guardians follow the ship back to Cyrus X, the homeworld of the church. Um, Magus tells his followers that he will use the belief fonts to take them to his universe so that they can spread the faith even further than just one universe. There'll be a two-universe church and maybe a multiverse church. Um, when uh, he uh, learns that Raker died, uh, he appoints a new knight, Arrowkeen, uh, to be the next cardinal. Um, Aisha and the Sovereign, like I said, they show themselves uh, that they have joined the church, all in stopping the Guardians. Uh, the Guardians fight all of these opponents. T see, there's a lot of Guardians, but there's a lot of enemies now. Uh, <laughs> and so they really the guardians are really trying to stop them from leaving the universe um and magus has a device that can do that um nebula kills aisha during this fight because i feel like that's the right move for her she's a character who definitely kills people and uh she was held prisoner by aisha at one point and i don't know i think i liked that pick um uh warlock uh has a break uh adam warlock summons all of his strength and kills magus um but doing that with summoning all of his strength he has a breakdown he really starts to go crazy and begins turning into adam magus turns into the enemy he just killed um, with going mad, he kills Mantis. A lot of killing going on in this third act. Um, <laughs> Groot and Thor take him down, though, and Star-Lord threatens to kill him. But Gamora helps talk him down. Uh, he turns back into Warlock, and when he sees how Star-Lord is looking at him, he knows he can't stay, so he leaves. Warlock leaves. With Magus dead uh, and most of the church defeated, most of the power supply destroyed, uh, uh, the few surviving members fleed in fl flee, including Cardinal Arakin. Um, Rocket uh, says something to James about him not being the f 
he he talks about like Captain America. He talks about Steve Rogers and whatnot. And uh, upon discussing this, they realize that James is from a different universe. Now that's pretty convenient that they just learned this now because Magus's machine is still powered. Um, so Rocket Rocket figures out how to change the destination to James's universe using. I don't know, a j strand of James's hair, just like R Reed Richards's device. Um, and the Guardians send James home to Universe 3009. Um, Star-Lord uh, formally invites this new Gamora and Thor to join the team. Gamora decides that she wants to travel the universe by herself. Um... And Thor realizes that he should take responsibility. I think Thor's character arc um, really points in this direction. That he's con in the first film, he's totally like ignorant about responsibility and wise choices. Um, in the second film, he's trying. Um, and in the third film, there's a little bit of regression, but uh, he's doing what he can in the situation he's given. So Thord realizes that he needs to take responsibility and see how the other six realms are doing. I say six realms because uh, he doesn't need to check on Asgard because Asgard's on Earth. Um, Midgard is Earth, which... Okay, so protected by the Avengers and whatnot. And then he also doesn't need to check on Nidavellir because there's only one inhabitant, and he's already seen him. Um, so he's going to go check on those six other realms, and I should say five other realms because uh, Svartalheim's not populated with the Dark Elves dead. Um, so what those other realms are doing since Asgard exploded, and Asgard was supposed to protect those nine realms, right? Uh, and then, of course, their reactions to the snap and everything. They've been abandoned. Meanwhile, as like maybe an in credit scene kind of thing, on the planet Sacrosanct, the matriarch tells Cardinal Arrowkeen to prepare another cocoon so they can get the Magus back. Uh, so that's my take. That is based on a comic book story I can't think of. Which one? Some 2007 Guardians of the Galaxy comics. Uh, some of my stories are based on comic book stories. Some of them are interpretations of it. Um, just a nice variety of my ideas combined with comic book stories uh, all combined to create a relatively cohesive uh, uh, story between film to film. Uh, so next we're going to jump to... Uh, Avengers 5 which is sorry I scrolled past it um, wrote it all up typed it up uh, Avengers 5 is the masters of evil yeah this is an iconic team right uh, slightly different team but uh, we'll talk about it um, a lot of heroes in this one a lot of villains it's a nice team movie. We we have yet to fully see the Avengers go up against a team of villains, really. Uh, so here here's the team. Um, I won't say... Uh, I'll say the six active duty Avengers in this movie. Um, and then Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne are also in it. Um, but Scarlet Witch, Wasp, Ant-Man, Captain America... Winter Soldier and the War Machine. So, a lot of ground-based heroes. I mean, pretty pretty down-to-earth people. Big powerhouse of Scarlet Witch. Um. So, uh, the villains, the main. I I won't talk about the villains. They'll come up uh, <laughs> for this one. But um. So, uh, Owen Reese, which is the Molecule Man. He gets a call that his son just passed away from cancer. 
Uh, yeah, that sucks. His son passed away from cancer. Um, so he gets fed up during a maintenance routine on a nuclear power plant. He starts a experimental particle uh, generator and all in attempts to kill himself, but instead, much like the Hulk, his body absorbs the radiation, turning him into the Molecule Man. Uh, we do a cut. Um, that was like, sure, a week ago, whatever it is. Um, we jump to that, uh, the counter-terrorism prison from Civil War, where Bucky is interviewed, where Zemo is being held, and Everett Ross, um, Because there's a power outage, he's panicking at the Joint Counter-Terrorist Center. Um, so someone, a figure we don't see, unlocks Zemo's cell and drops his grandfather's purple mask in front of him. And they ask him if Zemo wants to get revenge on the person that destroyed his home. Of course, Zemo, he's, he, we're not going to let him respond, but we know. Of course he does. Um, meanwhile, Scott and Hope, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, are on a date when they get called up by War Machine to meet up Scar with Scarlet Witch because there's some new guys laying waste uh, to Kansas City. Just random city I put, picked. Um, Scarlet Witch is fighting Whirlwind, um, but gets easily distracted trying to save civilians because it's a 1v1 fight. And uh, Whirlwind, pretty minor villain, but... It can be pretty uh, dangerous with a lot of buildings and whatnot. Um, but a new hero takes the stage. Simon Williams, Wonder Man, arrives to fight Whirlwind. Uh, many people celebrate his arrival as a, someone who can help Scarlet Witch. Um, but he, he, as a new hero, gets a... overcome and uh scarlet witch stops whirlwind from from killing him so uh whirlwind is loaded up and taken to be taken to the joint counter terrorist center right he he got arrested um ant-man and the wasp arrived to see the mess over with and cleanup started um so they decide they brought the jet. They'll give Scarlet Witch and Wonder Man a ride back to the new Avengers building since uh, in Avengers Endgame it was destroyed. <laughs> um, Thaddeus Ross uh, tells Rhodey via holocall. I don't know what you call those, but the hologram thing. Um, that he is going to retire from politics and to pass his apologies on to the team for his mistakes and rash act brash act actions um sam and bucky are fighting in a training room uh hank pym welcomes the avengers back because he's taken more of a leadership role there as an experienced guy um and Hank Pym wants to speak to the new guy. He wants to speak to Simon Williams. Um, meanwhile, Molecule Man arrives at an apartment to find Zemo waiting for him. Zemo tells him of his own son, who died in Sokovia because of the Avengers. Whirlwind in chain, um, Whirlwind in chains boards a plane, um, but in midair, it's revealed that the villain Lorelei has taken control of all of the agents' mind, minds on the transport. Now, Lorelei was introduced in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, she has influence over men's minds. Men's minds? I don't know. Men? I don't know how you say it. <laughs> Where the possessiveness is. Um, so, thus, Whirlwind gets freed. Um, but the six Avengers uh, enjoy their reunion as the active duty Avengers, and they've got their new building to have fun in. Uh, Rhodey jokes about with Wanda about the dating scene for superheroes. 
Um, and after interviewing Wonder Man, Hank Pym tells Wanda that uh, he's he's new to the superhero scene, so the Avengers may not be a good place for him. But Wanda vouches for Simon because she came from a similar inexperience, if you will. Um, Wonder Man, he's a, he's a real charmer. He flirts with Scarlet Witch. Um, and thanks her, and they exchange origin stories. She talks about her brother in Vision. He talks about his aspirations to be an actor and play a meaningful role. But that changed when he was given these powers from an Infinity Stone after being abducted from Earth years ago by an elder of the universe named the Collector. But... Uh, upon hearing her story, Wonder Man tells Scarlet Witch that she's probably much stronger than she thinks. And I imagine she thinks she's pretty strong. The seven of these uh, heroes are told that Whirlwind escaped and he is destroying a Roxxon facility in New York. Finally, Roxxon, big in the movies. Um... They find Molecule Man and Lorelei are also there to fight them. Uh, of course, Wonder Man is an additional powerhouse to the team, but he's never worked a, with a team, so he's no good. He's not that good in a fight. Um, the heroes, they do manage to capture Lorelei, but Molecule Man and Whirlwind escape with a particle infusion chamber. Uh... Zemo goes to, uh, Zemo wasn't at this fight. He was in Germany torturing another Hydra agent, because that's what Zemo does best, is torture Hydra agents, about Abraham Erskine's work, and reveals that Heinrich Zemo, his grandfather, actually worked with Erskine before the war. And he realizes upon torturing and upon the information he finds uh, that Captain America was always the key to uh, Erskine's work. Uh, Scarlet Witch tries to interrogate Lorelei, but, you know, gets nothing. Standard villain interrogation, no good. Um, while most of the team is trying to figure out what to do, uh, Zemo calls the, Falc er, the new Captain America, Sam pretending to surrender, but he wants proof of life of Lorelei. Uh, Wonder Man joins Sam in Lorelei's cage. Um, but of course, that's exactly what Zemo wants, is men going to talk to Lorelei. And so Lorelei controls Sam to let her go and for him to defeat Wonder Man. They pass by Bucky as their leap as they're walking and Bucky realizes that Sam's under mind control and so they fight each other uh, until Sam wakes up uh, Sam begins to think that he's not worthy to wield the shield that Captain America granted him so he gives the shield to Bucky uh, of course Lorelai's still around and so she hasn't escaped quite yet. She actually now takes over Bucky's mind, uh, seeing that Sam has been defeated. And she takes Bucky with her to Zemo. Bucky, of course, knocks out Sam, ensuring that he, they can leave. Um, now with Lorelai escaping, meanwhile all this... Um, not meanwhile all this, sorry. With Lorelai escaping, uh, Rhodey tries to train Wonder Man further, but Wonder Man's just too good. He's too strong. Uh, the Avengers talk about Lorelai's escape. They need to find Bucky. They need to find Zemo. Um, Sam, Scott, and Hope think they should actually look at Zemo's history, specifically his grandfather, Heinrich Zemo, and his old castle. Um, which, interestingly enough, at this place, at Zemo, Heinrich Zemo's old castle, Zemo has set up 
the chamber from Roxxon and says that Bucky's blood is just as good as Captain America's because he has the original super soldier serum as well. Um, Zemo tells Molecule Man that Molecule Man is actually the last ingredient and he needs to flood the chamber with Vita radiation, which if you remember from Captain America 1, that's exactly what Howard Stark fills Steve Rogers' chamber with, is Vita, Vita, Vita radi radiation, um, which Molecule Man, of course, can do, um, being a composer of strings of the universe. Um, Zemo enters the chamber with Bucky's blood flowing in. Molecule Man radiates it. Zemo trying to become a super soldier. Um, Sam, Scott, and... Uh, I lost where I was at. Uh, Sam... Uh, where the heck did we go? Sam and the three heroes enter. Sam, Scott, and Hope. Uh, but when they get there, they realize that there's uh, also three villains and now a, a pretty powerful Zemo now. <laughs> um, so they radio for backup. Uh, and Wonder Man back at base continues flirting with scarlet witch and he cooks for her you know this is really taking over the role that vision did um and he even kisses her he goes for it um he points out that he would also sacrifice himself for her in if he had to in the way that her brother quicksilver or vision did for the avengers um War Machine comes in and says that the others need help. Hank and Janet also offer their help uh, because clearly something's amiss with the villains. There's too many of them, and they're all working together. Um, what's going on there? Why are all of a sudden these villains working together? All these solo acts. Uh, Scarlet Witch, Wonder Man, War Machine, Hank and Janet. Uh, they all go to help get Bucky back to stop Whirlwind, Lorelei, Molecule Man, and this newly strengthened Zemo. Um, during the fight, Zemo is constantly antagonizing Scarlet Witch um, because he believes that she is on the wrong side. After all, her brother died in Sokovia, where his family died, and they all died because of the Avengers in Zemo's eyes. Uh, right? Because her brother sacrificed himself for the Avengers. Uh, Sam uh, manages to bring Bucky out of his uh, mind control state from Lorelei. Bucky gives the shield back to Sam, admitting he probably should have never taken it in the first place. And Zemo just continues to uh, say stuff to Scarlet Witch, try and throw her game off throughout the fight. He brings more up about Quicksilver and Vision's sacrifices and what they gave up for the Avengers. Everyone else got everyone back, but did Vision come back? I don't know. Because he wasn't dusted, so... Uh, this slowly breaks her down until she goes full Scarlet Witch, full Mad Queen kind of stuff. Um, she goes mad attacking everyone now. She kills Whirlwind. Wasp tries to talk her down, but she's knocked out of the sky. Scarlet Witch is just attacking everyone. She even brings Quicksilver back from the dead, and they fly away together. Um, she, uh, of course, Zemo, Molecule Man, and Lorelei escape while the heroes were having to fight their own friend, Scarlet Witch. Uh, Hank and Janet, uh, 
come back with the heroes uh, at HQ, and they all discuss how to stop Scarlet Witch without killing her. Uh, in the rebuilding of Sokovia, Zemo finds Scarlet Witch, and they decide that their cause is the same because it's about the destruction of their home. They're both from Sokovia. And Quicksilver, he's a little hesitant. He says, you know, maybe you really shouldn't join forces with him. Like, he's not the best guy, you know. Um, but ultimately, he'll always be on her side. And she she asks uh, Zemo how they're going to stop the Avengers. And so, of course, Zemo says, well, they'll start with the active duty Avengers and they'll move on from there. Because those are going to be the people coming after them first. Um, and all they have to do to get them to come is if they find out where Scarlet Witch is, they're going to come. They want to save her, so they're going to come. So the news begins reporting of strange phenomenon in Sokovia, uh, like just weird physics, weird reality bending magic kind of stuff, Scarlet Witch using her powers. Um, and so the Avengers realize she's in Sokovia. It also, the news also see, shows the Masters of Evil so that our heroes now know that Scarlet Witch is working with the Masters of Evil. So Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne suit up again to join the sh shorthanded Avengers. Uh, and Wonder Man tags along because they just need all the help they can get. They need a powerhouse to take down Scarlet Witch. Amongst Quicksilver and the Masters of Evil. The massive fight begins, destroying Sokovia once again. Um... It's like New York, you know? Can't get enough of it. Um, Rhodey leads the Avengers, and he shouts out assignments that pair up Scott and Hope, Hank and Janet, Sam and Simon. Uh, sorry, Sam and Bucky. Uh, Rhodey convinces Wanda to calm down and to accept that it's okay for some people to be gone. She starts to calm down, but... Wonder Man then sees this and he begins to see the arrogance of the Avengers thinking that they can just change the big influencers of reality such as Scarlet Witch. So he finally reveals the truth behind this whole story that he actually comes from a different universe. He comes from the universe that Thanos left in 2014 when Thanos, Gamora, and Nebula left during the events of Avengers Endgame to chase the Avengers. Where instead, the Collector who had one stone, the Collector actually gathered all of the stones, and in that universe, he, he has the Infinity Stones, and he turned that Simon into Wonder Man of that universe. Wonder Man blames the Avengers for his life, for his tragic story. Um for the Collector gaining the stones instead of Thanos. So Wonder Man, revealing the truth behind this big plot of releasing the Masters of Evil, he kills Hank Pym because he blames him first and foremost for the creation of the Pym Particles that allowed the Avengers to travel to his universe. And Janet immediately falls to tears. Scott and Hope try to fight Wonder Man in desperation, and Scarlet Witch sees all this, this loss. And so the Avengers realize that they can't help defeat Wonder Man via Scarlet Witch. Back in her maddened state, she then focuses all of her energy against Wonder Man, relating to the loss that Janet, Scott, and Hope feel for Hank Pym's death. She goes to fight Wonder Man. The other Avengers go fight the other Masters of Evil. Uh, Sam suggests that maybe they mix up, realizing the usual pairs won't work, and so they need to fight these enemies a little differently. Um, 
so they pair up a little differently rather than the conventional stuff like Scott and Hope kind of things um Scarlet Witch eventually defeats Wonder Man and kills him with the help of uh, both Wasps and Ant-Man. They finally are able to overcome him. Because it's a big battle, they're all, of course, hopping between enemies, you know. Um, good combatant management skills. Um, Hope, of course, is in tears, and she, she tries to console Wanda, um, telling her that it's okay that people die. Here's this woman that just lost her father, and she's now telling Scarlet Witch that it's okay that people die. Um, Scarlet Witch, though, she's still not listening. She lashes out at the Avengers that just helped her. Um, but finally, Quicksilver comes to her, and he is the one that convinces her to let him go and... So, of course, she calms down, and she lets Quicksilver die again. The Avengers manage to subdue the other Masters of Evil. Um, and Scarlet Witch actually channels her reality powers, realizing that she is super powerful. And she restores Sokovia structurally to what it was before her own wrath destroyed it. Um... The remaining three members of the Masters of Evil are taken to the raft, uh, probably where they should have always been. Uh, the Avengers have a small funeral for Hank Pym. He wasn't super well-known by a ton of people. Like, he was well-known, but how much he was known was a pretty small group of people. Um, and they say that that's probably how he would have wanted it, a, a small funeral. Um, he's, he was no Tony Stark. Um, it's, it's very juxtaposed, but, um, Janet leaves, uh, the Avengers because she needs some time. Wanda also leaves needing some time to, they both have to deal with their own loss in their own ways. Um, Sam convinces Bucky that you know, he may have been brainwashed again, but this brainwashing was different, and it shows a little bit of growth, even though, yeah, it was brainwashing again, but it wasn't his own. Um, Sam, Bucky, Rhodey, Scott, and Hope discuss that they need a new heavy hitter on the team um, because they don't have Scarlet Witch anymore as she's taking a break kind of an in credit scene for this one uh at scarlet witch's apartment uh bruce banner and shuri arrive to tell her that they might be able to bring vision back and she says she's trying to move on you know character growth that's how it happens um yeah let's do one more real quick um because i didn't come up with a lot of stuff for this uh uncanny x-men uh, this one, uh, it's very brief, don't have a whole lot to say about it. Um, I think an idea very much to the 2000 X-Men could work. Magneto, Mystique, uh, Senator Robert Kelly. Um, the X-Men, you do Jean Grey, Storm, Cyclops, Rogue, and I mean you do Rogue correctly this time. Uh, Beast, Kitty Pride, Professor X. Um... I mean, Rogue can be fun. She doesn't have to be so depressed. Um, so how do the X-Men get introduced into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you must be wondering. There's all these Scarlet Witch theories. I just introduced her to be super powerful. Maybe that's it. There's a bunch of Professor Xavier theories. I say no. We're not going to do anything convoluted. They're there. They're there, and I explained in the Eternals that the X-Gene was placed in humanity long ago, but why have they never come up, you must be wondering. Well, put it this way. If someone robs a store with knives for hands, a guy calls the police and says, I got robbed, and the guy had knives for hands. He doesn't say he was a mutant. That's not the assumption he makes. He doesn't immediately say he was 
this other species of homo superior. He just says he was a criminal. He describes physical features with him. Let's not forget, we've already seen a lot of creatures, humans, aliens in this universe that could easily be mutants, but they're not. And so what's the difference between Hulk and a mutant, you know? What's the difference between Spider-Man and a mutant? So where do you draw the line between mutants and superheroes? It's impossible without the DNA test to tell you that they have the X gene kind of thing. Um, and so you it could be something as simple as like the X gene is just recently discovered and Xavier was always just going after people he could read mentally. He just happened to only be able to uh, communicate with mutants but like and maybe he knew about the X gene him and Magneto but ultimately uh, the X gene just now gets thrown into the spotlight and so like Senator Robert Kelly is bringing up all this anti-mutant said sentiment um, because I really want the mutants to be truly hated in this universe because I think everyone can relate to a little hatred, unfortunately. Um, but it's like a great story of prejudice. Um, and I also want, I, I think Magneto uh, should be told in a way that uh, like I said, I didn't write a full story for this one, so it's more of just details. I think Magneto should take on, not to the point of anti-hero, but he should kind of come off that way, very much the protector of mutant kind, uh, which I think has been pretty well established, but even further, like, he's not actively, I, I don't think it it's a good way to frame him as He's actively going after humans. I like the idea that he's, it's from the other end, he's trying to protect mutants at a proactive level a little bit. So uh, it's little, it'd be difficult to frame it slightly differently, but um, I think it could be done. Uh, it's been done in a few of them. Also, Mystique, I like the way she acts much better in the original X-Men trilogy, um, where she is pretty cool um she also could have her own agenda separate from magneto after all she is her own character and so she could maybe want to get closer to rogue after all rogue is her adopted daughter um and i also think the x-men would be perfect to be accompanied with a tv show X-Men Origins, where in like one to two episodes, you just tell a different character's origin story. You could introduce so many characters that way into the Marvel Cinematic Universe without giving them all origin stories, because origin stories, they can be good, but uh, not always. And so that would be a way to um, show them all on television, where people can go find them. More encouragement to subscribe to Disney+, Plus, I guess. Um... <laughs> But uh, that's just my take. Uh, anyways, we talked about uh, Guardians 3, Avengers 5, Masters of Evil, and the Uncanny X-Men. Uh, next up, we got Doctor Strange 2 and the rest of Phase 4. That's in Part 4. Uh, this was Part 3, I believe. I hope I didn't lose count already. Um... Uh, <laughs> And this is just my, I always got to say it at the beginning and the end, this is just my idea of what I want in the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I hope you think my ideas are cool. I think they're cool. They're fun. I hope we see something similar. Uh, this is part three of those ideas. Um, thanks for tuning in with me. This is Unanimous Indecision. I'm Joshua Troop. We'll catch you next time.